scandalous, but she's also fabulous. Scandalous. 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 If you don't know, now you fucking know. Scandalous. No, Torias. She's so scandalous. Now. Oh, so sold out. Ghost, Cradle of Filth, Typo Negative, just a few awesome fully licensed band collabs that are always coming out on rockabilia.com. The biggest online merch store, period. I love their collection of tie-dye, oversized tees, and pro tip, because you're going to need this, use the search bar for quick band merch lookup, because they literally have every band. And for a discount, use code SCANDALOUS for 15% off. Again, it's SCANDALOUS for 15% off at rockabilia.com. S-C-A-N-D-A-L-O-U-S. Crying, rising, burning, and rebuilding are the things I feel and want to do when I listen to their music. Relentless and so recognizable, blessing us with two new songs, Nothing Bold and Death Keeps Us From Living, but waiting on the full release of their newest album, Embrace the Infinity. Welcome to the Scandals Podcast. Singer, screamer, growler, Anthony from The Burial. How are you doing? Hey, Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, eventually. You have long days. You have very full, long days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's a little pain in the butt to get this scheduled, but <laughs> here we are. Finally, we're doing it. Hey, I, li- I like to suffer for good things in my life. I don't want everything handed to me. Then it's, it's not worth it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it took a little while to schedule, and first episode back in a while, so... It's, um, we're very, you're just talking about me being from Austin. We're very hokey like that. We're very, uh, woo woo. So that would be the universe, um, putting us in a holding pattern to serve our mm-hmm. best. Friend. Yeah. Right, I like it. <laughs> that's it. That, that's what we would call that in Austin. Um, so let's get to the new songs. There's a lot to talk about. The breakdown, the breakdowns, the breakdown, nothing gold is all encompassing and epic and a beautiful song. Reading my favorite lyrics from the song, I thought would be a good way to start. And then we'll read some YouTube comments and then give you the opportunity to talk about the song in your own words. Does that sound good to you? Oh, yeah, that's cool. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. If you said no, I'd be screwed. So bad. <laughs> all right. Um, whose blood is this on my hands? The color doesn't look so divine. Feels the same, rusted taste resembled mine. Down we go, feel defeat, the lies, the dreams, all we've known. Suffocate, annihilate, every meaning, every feeling I've lost. Nothing gold, nothing gold can stay. Wow. Yes. And it was really timely. I mean, music always finds you when you need it, but I just had like a milestone birthday and I was just like, okay, everything. I circled back to a few things in my life and I was like, okay, it's been a lot to me. Are we keeping it? Are we keeping it? Are we keeping it? And the answer was no. And I got rid of a few things in my life and just kind of listening to that song for the first time was like, this song gets it. And that's just, you know, one person in the world, you know, but that was really a special moment for me, kind of memorializing something that I can't hold on to in my life anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, let's do some YouTube comments that I grabbed. Um, Thousands and thousands and thousands of views in just a few days. And a few comments are, I feel like after the burial truly holds the crown for metalcore. Great compliment. That's a good compliment. Yeah, we, yeah. There's lots of competition. I mean, I love a lot of friends. 
<laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so much good music. We're just having a resurgence, it feels like mm -hmm. right now. Um, yep. Riffs melt my heart like no other forever. My comfort band. Love that one. Um, 2008 riff vibes with some sick atmospheric layers, fast, punchy, creative breakdowns with emotional vocals. This is the type of song that fills you with inspiration. And I think I'll leave it right there with just feeling someone with inspiration. I think that's awesome. So how did the lyrics come for you and how did the music come and what's that song mean to you? Well, nothing gold, uh, was actually written in 2020. Um, it was right when the pandemic hit, um, all the tours got canceled and we had actually been off for about, I want to say six, seven months. And it was the winter and that was up in New Jersey at, uh, with Will Putney in his studio. And it was winter out and the trees had nothing on them. It was very cold and desolate. And as far as I knew, the music industry was dead. Um, I thought maybe, uh, I thought maybe, you know, I didn't know if we were ever going to come back, you know? So, um, <clears throat> when that song was given to me, Trent was like, Hey, here's Trent, our guitar player was like, Hey, here's the new song. Listen to it. He handed it to me. I went upstairs I was looking out this window and I could see all these trees that were just gone and, uh, you know, they'd shed all their leaves and stuff and, and that melody in the background of the song that like eerie melody just was like calling to me and some songs are a lot of work and some songs just fly out of you and that song for some reason just flew out of me and it was this whole approach you know whose blood is this on, on my hands i'm not sure the color doesn't look so divine it feels the same consistency and pigment the rusted taste resembles that of mine so i was talking I was like painting this picture of like, um, you know, to someone that had blood on their hands and obviously they killed a God, you know, so to speak, or they killed someone that thought they were divine or something that maybe was divine. And to realize that that's no different, that's no different from me and you, we are all the same. So it was like the, the rusted taste resembles that of mine. So. When that song was written, um, it kind of just was like this, instead of me trying to like, um, build a song or like, it just, I was just pretending to be something I wasn't. So, um, the whole song has this very like almost nihilistic, um, view on life that like embrace this like embrace letting go embrace um that nothing lasts forever embrace it like don't fight it just be one with it and uh and if you let go and you kind of just enter the void and fall into it and maybe you'll find happiness instead of trying to control everything like how that's how i am i couldn't control the music industry i couldn't control what was happening to the world i couldn't control what was happening to me and the way i was feeling all i could do was just try to talk about it and that's kind of what happened so that's that's kind of where the song came from and for me it's like you know i know i feel like the song's kind of a slow burn for some people like like i feel like people listen to it like yeah it's a good song 
I'm like, yeah, that song was good. And they'll text me like a couple days later, like, dude, the song, I can't get it out of my head. It's like, it's an earworm. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, to me, that song is like, it's after the burials. It's like one of the best songs I've ever written. That's how I feel. And that doesn't always mean that it's our biggest, best songs, because some of the songs that I've written in the past that are like my favorite to me are the ones that don't get that many plays. But um, so far, people seem to be liking it. And as far as those YouTube comments go, it's kind of like reinforcing that, you know, so it's it's a nice feeling. So that feels so much heavier than I could have imagined and deeper. And we kind of forget what it felt like during the beginning of the pandemic, what it did to all of us missing music and having so much uncertainty, you know, mm -hmm. and I haven't really thought about in a while what like we almost lost, you know, yeah. lost so much. And like, I kind of feel like I've taken for granted that like music is back and shows are back, but like, God, just kind of remembering that feeling and how you guys all felt and how we felt and, like, I forget how close we were to like losing it all. But yeah. And it, thinking about like, when you were saying that it was like, how quickly we forget. Right. Yeah. For me, you know, it also like kind of, it, you know, it sucks because I think back and I'm like, God, it was such a hard time. And we had so many cool tours lined up in 2020. And I had so many like plans. Like I had like crazy plans, like with my family and stuff. And, and, um, and it just put, it just stopped all that. And, it, and I almost, it's like bittersweet because if I'm being honest, like, we were touring so much, you know, I've been in the band for 14 years and, uh, we, we had been touring so much and hard touring, you know, like touring in a van in a trailer for a long time, long part of our, our career. And, uh, we were finally like on our way and it kind of, I started to get burned out like towards the end. You have a really cute dog. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I started to get burned out and this kind of like reignited everything for me, you know, um, just like it made me like, it's that old saying, like, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And like now I'm just like, I, I'm like, okay, this chapter is not written. I don't want to end it here. I want to keep going. There's more, I have unfinished business. I want to do this. Like I, this next record, it's like, you know, like, um, it's, I'm not going to like settle for anything on this next record. Like if there's a part in the song where I'm like, uh, that's all right. Like, yeah, that's good enough. There's no good enough. It's got to be great or it's going in the garbage can. Like, I'm not, I'm not, this one's too important to me. So it's kind of neat. Well, yeah. So is the record finished right now? Or are you guys recording? Or are you still writing it? Because um, I was wondering about that. Yeah, we're still writing. So um, we have a, we have a lot of work to do still. Um, we have a good chunk of songs and they're really great songs. Like, I mean, there's some really fun ones in there. And, um, like, like I said, like there's songs that after the burial, every time we've written a record, we, I call them shotgun records, you know, like a shotgun wedding. Like, um, like we get in there, we have 30 days to write and record an album and that's what we do. And that's what we did for Wolves of Dan. That's what we did for Dig Deep. That's what we did for Evergreen. And this is the first time ever where we actually have an opportunity to sit and digest these songs and think about the parts and be like, okay, listen back and be like, no, now that I've 
taken a step away from it, I can come back and be like, I can do that better. So I have these songs like, um, you know, even death keeps us from living. Like I had, you know, these, these songs and I was able to rewrite parts and like, Oh, I can do it better. I can do this better. And I can do, you know, and like, I've never had that opportunity before. Like, like with our old records, like I hate to say it, but like, sometimes it was like, okay, this part's good enough because I have six more songs to write and there's, there's 14 days left. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, um, this time it's not. And like, I have like, you know, there's, so- I wish I had more songs to share with, with everyone because there's some really freaking cool songs we have right now. Um, but we had to choose two and these were the two we chose for now, but there's songs where I'm just like, man, I got to sit with it and like really think about it and redo the parts, delete parts and make it even better. And it's like, I feel like, I feel like, okay, well, at least I know that what I'm giving the world this time, or what we're giving our fans this time is like the best version of ourselves. And that's, and if that doesn't work or if it does work, then, then great. But at least I know I gave it like everything I had. That's so exciting. And I love that you have that opportunity. It's like um, being excited for the new record. It's kind of exciting that you can still be influenced and you can like, it's not all done. There's like kind of some excitement as a fan knowing that like it's still being worked on. It's still being, you know, done. That's kind of actively, that's kind of exciting to think about your artists and we're like writing right now. Like that's exciting to think about. Yeah, like even nothing gold. Um, the the chorus, nothing gold, nothing gold can stay. What's dead is done. That wasn't the chorus. Like for like a year and a half, there was a whole different chorus, and I still know the chorus in my head. And it's completely different, and it's really dark and like, and it's still cool, but it just wasn't the right one. So like, you know, even then, like when we we're like, hey, we think we need to change this. I was like. Oh, shit this is going to be hard because i've had this version of the song in my head for so long but we changed it and i do actually have a demo of the uh of the first version of the song which is kind of cool so maybe in the very you know in the distant future we'll we'll share that with some people just you know i think it's kind of neat to listen to a song that could have been something else you know mm-hmm. absolutely or you'll have it as something else in the future for sure mm-hmm. well i definitely want to hear it I feel I feel like I should be one of those people to hear it for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so would you say that you guys write um any songs about what's happening around you externally or is it mainly come like internally? Is it like something that comes in your head or do you like look out at the world and like see what's going on and go like fuck and then write something? How do you feel? No, it's like yeah it's all like where it comes from yeah it's all internal it's all like what i'm feeling in the moment like because i feel like when i i've tried to write about external stuff and it it can work but it's not i feel like when when i try that never comes out quite as good as versus when i write about something that i'm actually feeling because when i'm feeling something that means maybe somebody else is feeling that too and then if that there's already that connection you know what i mean so like people can relate to the song they understand like what you said you know like you were talking about the lyrics and how it made you feel and um that's like the most important thing to me i want people to like feel what i'm saying i don't want to like i never wanted to be like a musician to be like rich and famous i mean look at my social media i don't i it's hard for me to like pay attention to it because it just doesn't feel real to me but i've always wanted people to uh 
to just feel what I'm saying. I don't care about the money and all that stuff. I mean, obviously we need to survive, but I just wanted people to feel me and hear me, you know? And so hopefully, hopefully it's working a little bit. Absolutely. You guys are so loved. Um, I've been at metal shows recently and everyone's kind of talking about you guys and people are so excited about you guys and what you're doing. Even, uh, my bartender, friend i couldn't take it live love that part i was at another metal show and he was just like you know who i really like i really like after the burial that's who i really like you know why i really like them blah blah, blah. and it's just people are talking about you guys and people are so excited for the new music and it's the new songs are so good and it's just kind of making everyone go like see see i love this fucking band see and I feel yeah. like that's the vibe with the new songs. It's like making everyone look around, like at the room, go like, I "Fucking love after the burial." Yeah, see, I fucking love this band. And that's how it feels to me. So that's a that's awesome, and that feels great to hear. And uh, that's you know, we're just riding what we love. We're not trying to change our sound. We're not trying to be the next. If you're a listener of this podcast, you know I live in Austin, Texas. If you follow me on social media, you know I'm always at my favorite local metal venue. Come and take it live. The best venue layout where you can mosh in the pit if you want to, or you can watch the show from a bunch of different viewing decks up high or right on top of the stage so you're literally not missing out on a single bit of the action. Such a cool layout. Love seeing shows here. Love the staff. Love the shows that they put on. Check out their upcoming list of shows at comeandtakeitlive.com and tip your bartenders. I mean, we can name so many bands. We're not trying to, <laughs> to, to sound like, we're not trying to make that next step, I guess, if you will, um, by, by sounding like someone else. It's like, we're going to be us and just hopefully that's what you want. You know, hopefully that's what people want. Absolutely. And I'm such a lyrics person. Can we do more lyrics? Lyrics from Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay, cool. So these are the two new songs we did, uh, you know, Nothing Gold and Death Keeps Us from Living Lyrics. Um, one anthem Death Keeps Us from Living, Buried with These Scars. It Tears Us Apart. Inhale the Burn of Drifting Embers of the Distant Fires We Remember. Death Keeps Us from Living. So is that the COVID song? That's actually not the COVID song. That's the um, that's the um, uh, Anthony, the singer of After the Burial, has uh, struggled with death and uh, people dying in his life, and the fear of death and the fear of taking chances and the fear of you know, um, just uh, I guess yeah, really death like just ruining things for me um giving me like uh you know like uh i guess you know like i'm a person that struggles with uh mental health so it's kind of like this i just felt like it's like it's very on the nose like death keeps us from living buried with these scars it tears us apart so inhale the burning embers of the distant pyres we remember the pyres are the people that i've lost in my life you know justin our guitar player my best friend when I was really young, he was murdered and just, I've had a lot of loss in my life. And, um, you know, even the beginning of the song, I've been through hell. Uh, you know, it's like, that's how the song starts. And it's like, 
I'm trying to let people know that, hey, like I've been there too. Like you're fucking not alone. Like I've been to some really dark places and I'm still here. So fucking fucking sing this song with me and feel it and like and and embrace it and and just understand like, you know, it doesn't have to keep you from living. It can if you let it, but it it you can keep on living. You just have to move forward and keep moving forward one foot at a time. So yeah, that's the that's what that song kind of wraps up that's beautiful i love that that's such a gift thank you so much for that and i i agree so much and i was having this conversation with someone recently um i have a friend and she's just been in a really bad place for a really long time and she's just kind of staying there and the thing i was talking to her she was like this 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 i was like okay well this sucks are you gonna stay here no, we're not going to stay here. So we're going to like get out of this. So yeah. that's a great song. She doesn't like metal, but if she doesn't like metal, that would be a good song to send to me for sure. It's awesome. Yeah. And I think life is so rough, but words that hard can make you invincible if you internalize them enough. That's how I have always looked at metal and like looked at it like my armor. And I get yeah wrap these words around my body and i felt okay yeah seeing you know what you said about hey like you know to your friend like were we just going to stay here or let's get out of here and i always i talked about this on stage a lot you know like i always call it like finding the light or like you know like i tell people like hey like if you can climb out of the hole once you get out of there turn around and look and if you have someone else that needs a hand reach out and pull them out of that hole too and it creates this domino effect of you know like hey you're not alone i got you grab on like we're going to do this together sort of thing so you know it's like sometimes it's like hard to see out you know like if you're covered and 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 if you if you're down in a hole you can't see out of it until you get up out of it so sometimes you need a hand to get out of there so it's kind of i always try to tell people like you know just let people know they're not alone. I know it sounds, that's what everyone says, but really it's the truth, you know? Absolutely. And the last, uh, no, not the last time, last time, two times ago, um, but I saw you guys on the um, the Black Dahlia tour and Trevor's no longer with us. And yeah. one thing I kind of like to just talk about, you know, I guess you just kind of covered it, but you know, like words you would say to someone who like doesn't want to be here anymore. I don't know. I guess that's like what you just covered though, right? Yeah, but you know, it's like I guess like I, you know, I, someone I was just reading about someone had a really good explanation about this the other day. Um, I wish I could recall it, but you know, all I could say is that um, it's the you know the same thing. Like if someone's like doesn't want to be here anymore it's like you know you're kind of giving up on the hope that like something can change and something can change i've seen it happen i've been there i've at, i'm i'm like like walking evidence and i know like like i've been in some really dark places and you're kind of giving up on the hope that something can change whether or not it's just like um within yourself or like even like the like with technology and like science like it's moving forward because like what if 10 years from now 
there's a fucking cheer for all this shit. Like, you know, because a lot of people suffer from depression. Some people have, have bipolar disorder. Some people have, you know, high anxiety and like a bunch of other things. It's like, what if all of a sudden 10, 15 years from now, there's a cure for this and you can just live this great life. So it's like, you're giving up on the hope of a better future. And when you give up, you know, what's going to happen. Well, you don't really know what's going to happen. Like you, we know some people have their religious beliefs and some people have their other ideas of what happens. And I don't know. So it's like, but we know that you're no longer going to be able to talk to us anymore. We know that for sure. But, you know, I don't know. I just think just don't just wait, just wait, just keep waiting, you know? So this is going to be a very hard question just to pick, but what would you say is the or a couple of the most personal after the burial songs or lyrics that are just so personal to you? Uh, um, nothing gold, you know, really hits um, home. Uh, we have a song on Wolves Within called Disconnect, and it was one of my favorite songs we've ever written. I thought it was just like, the, like it has like everything in there, like. It's like after the burial, like all the shit we love, like me and Trent and Justin at the time too, because he, he was there for Wolves Within. Um, so, you know, those songs, um, they they just like mean so much to me. And then 1126 off our album Evergreen was written for um, my daughter. The whole the 1126 is her birthday. Um, so the whole song is written about her and, uh, and, um, just like her growing up and like, you know, like there's a lyric that's like, uh, what is it? Uh, and when you bloom, will you leave her behind caught in the doom innocence left behind? And I'm talking about like when she blooms, when she gets older, are you going to still be this like sweet, loving little girl that's like happy and, and so like just loves everybody and just makes everybody so bright because the world like i feel like sometimes as you get older it can really like muddle things and darken things and like and i just i'm just the song was like you know that lyric was about her like my worry as being her dad because we want to protect our loved ones we never want them to be embarrassed we never want them to be hurt or like made fun of or you know because these kids are going to high school and stuff and so it's just like i just want her to un I'm like, this lyric was just about hopefully that she stays pure um, for the rest of her life, you know? It's like that concern that I guess parents have as they get older, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's just, um, it's the light you have before the world gets a hold of you kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah. Have you ever heard that song, Zoe Jane and um, Stain song? It's about her. It's a beautiful song. Love that song. Beautiful, beautiful song. Oh yeah, you have to text it to me after. And yeah, and give it's, it a listen. Such a pretty song. I read out would love it for sure. Yeah. So I want to talk more about the music, but let's first kind of hop back, talk about your life a little bit. So where are you from, and what kind of kid were you growing up? Okay, I was born in Berkeley, California, so I was grow. I, grew up in the Bay Area. I used to live in Oakland when I was a little kid. Um, 
And then I grew up most of my life in a town next to uh, Berkeley, a little city called Castor Valley. Um, that's where I grew up. Um, I was a really poor kid. I didn't have any uh, much like at all. Um, we had a big family. Um, my dad did the best he could. My mom was always sick. So, um, you know, my dad was raising it was me and my sister, Jennifer. And then, um, when my cousins were, um, when I was in the third, fourth grade, my cousin's parents passed away and I inherited, um, my cousin, Andrea, who became my sister basically. And then my cousin, Gina, and then I have a half sister, Tina, who lived with us with her two daughters, Justine and Danielle. So I grew up in a house full of seven women and it was me and my dad. And, um, I was a wild, I was a fucking wild kid. I was, uh, doing drugs at a really early age, um, getting in fist fights and just wild little shithead. Um, you know, like when you grow up in the Bay area, the way I grew up, um, it's, it was the people I was around. It was easy to get caught up into this lifestyle of like, you know, we didn't have much. So like, we used to like steal cars and like rob houses. And like, you know, we, we were bad kids and we just didn't know any better. We didn't have, and this is like high school, middle school stuff. Like I was dropping ass in middle school. And this is like horrible thing to do for like a, uh, for your, you know, a kid that's developing. It's like a horrible thing to be doing. And, uh, and I just had no, um, I, I was too wild and my mom knew and my dad knew that if they tried to like restrain me, I would run. And I did before cause they tried to take me to rehab and stuff and I took off and, uh, and, uh, but you know what, man, um, when I was, when I was 19, I quit everything. So it's like almost got it out of my system and I was straight edge for like 13 years, about 13, 14 years. I was straight edge. And then I started smoking weed again. And then, uh, I don't drink anymore at all. I'll never drink again. But yeah, I was just a wild kid when I was growing up and I was still a sweet kid. Like I loved my friends so much and I had a big group of friends. I still have like my group of friends. Like if you come out and were to, to like see me hanging with my friends, it's like, Hey, this is Chris. I've known him since the third grade. Hey, this is Lex. I've known him since the third grade. This is Jared. I've known him since seventh grade, you know? So it's like, I have these friends that I've had for really long time and we're a super close group and really it sounds so freaking cheesy because i was headed down the wrong path like um you know i when i was younger at there was times where i had like guns under my bed and stuff because i thought people were coming to kill me because it was fights involved and gang related shit and it was just crazy and um music seriously saved my freaking life like i i would probably have ended up in jail or you know, dead, like my friend who was murdered when I was 21, you know, it's like, I, uh, I was heading down the wrong path and I finally was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so tired of living like this. And I moved away at like 15, 20 miles to a little, um, town called Livermore in, uh, in California. It's like in the East East Bay. And that changed everything. I got away and I just chased music. And here I am now, I'm complete 180. I like of who I used to be. Well, with that, all of that life experience, you can pretty much, you know, 
you can um, draw a very deep well of life experience and passion and things that drive you. So, and it, so that was actually my next question. How did you find heavy music and what has it given you? So that's kind of the gift. It's given you a different life, right? Yeah, it gave me a different life. And, um, you know, I, um, it all happened on accident because I used to love, I, even though like we were running, like, man, the people I used to hang with, be like, no way, like, no way. Like the stories I tell, like when I first joined the band, they're like, no way, no way. And then like a friend would show up like, dude, remember when we did this? I'm like, I told you, like, I'm not lying, man. It was crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, like even then I still loved like punk rock and that's really what happened. Like I, I, I used to love like, like all the fat records bands, like no effects and strung out, and uh, no use for a name. Those are like my bands. And then, um, and then like listening to them, like I would listen to some like hardcore punk and like, Oh shit, what is this? And then like, Oh, what's hardcore? Oh, and I'd start finding out all these new bands. And like, uh, you know, I listen, used to live in the, listen to AFI a bunch when I was younger. Um, they're from Berkeley. They're from, are they're from the Bay area. Actually they're from like, Petaluma around that area but um but yeah so like i grew up and accidentally we were having band practice once and i i tried to hit a high note singing and i couldn't hit it and i started screaming on accident and all i remember the guys i was in a band with and we're still best friends to this day they were like can you do that again and i was like uh i'll try and then everything just started to shift then i started to listen to metalcore and then I started to listen to metal and it just, everything kind of changed. And I was like, oh, I want to do this so bad. And we used to go to shows all the time. I lived at the venue, like every weekend we were at the pound in San Francisco. That was like our local venue back then. Uh, there was always a 924 Gilman, like you know, Gilman street was a big venue, but like the pound was like our home away from home. Um, and, uh, that was like, that's just like how I grew up, you know? That's what really saved me eventually. That's awesome. So what were some other bands that you were into? I'm curious. Okay. So like I loved AFI. Um, my bet, my, one of my best friends, his brother was in a band called the nerve agents and they were like a hardcore punk band. We used to listen to them a bunch. Um, and I loved like comeback kid, Bane, um, uh, Insin, uh, man, then you know once i started listening like metalcore was like it guys today um you know like it was anything like anything that was like just heavy and like it was all so exciting new so it was like and everyone was always trying to find like the coolest band like oh i found this new band like oh that's the band anthony found you know what i mean or it's like oh ryan found this band it was just like so like it was just all sorts of stuff but really i grew up on a lot of like bane was like like Bane Give Blood, their album Give Blood. It's like I can listen to that record to this day and get the chills and know exactly where I was when I heard that song. And like there's a lyric in one of their songs where he talks about going to an Audi dealership and smashing windshields. It was and it was like a violent, immature act, but it, it uh, quieted our minds at a time when everyone was asking why, why are we here? That's the lyric in the song, and I felt that so much at that time. It's just like I had so much like anger and like angst and like like life was unfair to me. It's like I was poor, I didn't have shit, and like I was you know like people called me white trash and like a loser and like like I was you know just like it was just like 
I had so much in me. I, I needed to get out. And that's what heavy music was for me. It was like this release to get all this out of me. I felt alive when I heard this music. Absolutely. I relate to that so much. I come from a physically abusive household and I was able to like run to shows like and run. I could like run to seven death shows and like run to drowning pool shows. And I would like literally go there. I was like really good friends with everyone. I would just like lock my heels in the barricade, win my ass off and fucking get it all out and like cry and scream and everything. And if I did not have that, I feel like I would be a completely fucked up person. Yeah. And because I had that like right at the time when I really, really, really needed it, I feel fine. And like a lot of the issues that people have when they came from like a background like I had. I just don't have those and i just thank god like you know and i'm you know so bad for anyone who does or still struggles with it but because of the heaviness that matched what i was feeling i was able to kind of like work all of that out and not be as fucked up as i was so such a gift thank you so much i'm like, glad you made it out. your contribution right yeah 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 so you joined the band in 2008 i believe correct correct yeah Okay, so rather than make up my own questions about your music, I wanted to kind of go album by album and just kind of rec- um, look back in time and, and talk about like that time period musically, just like kind of what you were feeling and going through during that time. Is that okay with you? Yeah, of course. Okay. So I'll, I'll do my form, best to remember. Yeah. So, Rare Form, you did, okay, editor, edit this out. Rare form, you did sing on that one, right? Yes, I did. I did the the re-release. Okay, cool. So let's talk rare form. So when uh when rare form happened, um, I hadn't joined the band yet when they released rare form. I didn't even know. So I met after the burial when I was in my I was in a band from Castro Valley called Only in Dreams. We were like a post-hardcore band. Like we sang, we had heavy parts, and um, I didn't sing. I can't sing. Our guitar player sing. He's my best friend, uh, best man in my wedding, still best friends today. Um, he sang in the band. And um, I didn't even know they were looking for a new singer because we had met on tour together before both of, before um they after Vera had gotten signed. And they Nick, their original vocalist, who was on Forging a Future Self, who's still one of my close friends, comes out here, visits all the time. Um he couldn't commit. He's like, I don't want to live this life of being on the road. So they got a new singer. For some reason, that didn't work out with that guy. Um, and I ended up in the band like all of a sudden. And um, Sumerian Records, you know, this was like six months after the album got released or four months or something out after the album got released. I joined the band and Sumerian Records, was like, hey, um, Guitar Hero, which was really big at the time. They're like, hey, we're doing this thing with Guitar Hero and they want your songs on there we're, so people can download the song and play and learn your songs or play them on Guitar Hero. Can you guys re-record Aspiration with Anthony's voice? And they were like, yeah, that'd be cool. So we go into the studio, re-record Aspiration. Uh, we send it to Sumerian. Sumerian goes, this is fucking great. Uh, we want you to do the whole album. We're like, really? And I was like, oh, that's that's cool like that's awesome yeah so we recorded the whole freaking album again and um and i remember reading the lyrics and the songs i was like you know trent like 
these are actually really good lyrics, man. Like, I'm not like, you know, I don't, you know, I know the guy's not in the band anymore. These are really good lyrics. And Trent was like, dude, I wrote all of those lyrics. I was like, you wrote these lyrics? He's like, I wrote every single lyric, all the vocal patterns on rare form. So if people don't know that, they'll find that out here that Trent wrote all the vocals for rare form, except for Berserker. Nick Wellner, the um, original vocalist, I believe he wrote Berserker before he had exited the band. And that song made it to a uh, rare form. So yeah, it was it was kind of a cool thing that happened. It was just like it was supposed to be one song, and then it ended up into a whole album. So it was kind of flattering. That's awesome. So you're that good, huh? Yeah, I listen back, and I'm like, oh man, I thought I was good back then. I had no idea, like, <laughs> you know. But it was 2008. We're, we all grow and get better. I know we're recording a podcast on Zoom right now. It's funny. It's all right. Yeah, right. That's all right. Alrighty, so let's talk In Dreams. So In Dreams was the first record um, I had, I was able to like write with the band. And um, I don't know if I'll get slack for this, but you know what? I'm just going to be honest because I don't give a shit. Um, it is what it is, you know, like we're human beings and we're, we try to, you know, like people, some people love that record, but when that record got written the band was separated so like they had the guys in minnesota when i had to fly to new jersey and uh write all the lyrics and vocals with someone else um my friend ryan actually he came with me uh I, we went out so we were separate and the vocals got produced separately and i think at that time the band was kind of thinking about like adding like, different nuances like singing we started singing a little bit um actually a lot of it on that record and um at the time you know looking back obviously because hindsight's always 2020 you know i feel like that wasn't the thing to do that wasn't after the barrel like, true form but we did get to experiment and try something new and it was it was interesting in the end it's not who we are i don't feel like that's not us um, at least not that that style you know i'm not opposed to singing at all but i don't for me i'm not the type of person as like and i'm not knocking anyone that does this that's like i'm who the fuck am i you know but i'm just saying for me for after the burial i don't want to just put singing parts in for for there to be a singing part and I think that's kind of what happened on In Dreams a little bit. Um, I know there's some cool songs on there and there's some 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 good lyrics and stuff. It just uh it wasn't after the burial in their true form, I don't think. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And Wolves Within. Okay, so Wolves Within is uh one of those albums that like Show off your water bottle, by the way. It's such a pretty color. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, this blue one. I think it's yeah, my, like, my friends. You know, it's got their DCA. This is like a little a fishery out here in Florida that like take care of uh, um, the fisheries out here and like make sure the water's clean and stuff. So it's a, it's a nice little water bottle. Um, uh, I have a coffee mug for my best friend's uh, insurance. It's her family's insurance agency, and it's called Clifton Insurance Agency. So they give out CIA mugs because it's CIA. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Walk around with it like you're in the CIA. <laughs> so I decided to give you a breather a little bit, a little water yeah. breather. Okay, cool. Before we got into Wolves Within. All right. Wolves Within 
was um I remember where I was when that record was written. I was sleeping on Justin's couch in Minnesota. Um, I, I stayed on his couch for about a month that year, or yeah, during that that recording. And um, Nick Wellner, the original vocalist, actually helped came in and helped me with some patterns and stuff. Because um, sometimes for me, as a, I can write all day. Like I love being in control of the lyrics, and I love writing. But sometimes I'll hear a part a certain way and I go like, oh, guys, I need someone else to think of a pattern because I'm stuck in this pattern. Give me, get me out of it with a different one. So Nick Wellner came in and he was like, yo, I was, and he came in to help. And we, uh, we worked on that, the, that the vocals of that record together. But um, I love that record. And there's so many cool songs on that record, like Disconnect, Neil Soul, Pennyweight, um, uh, you know, there's there's really great songs on that record. I I wish we had the stems for that record. Those stems are gone. That record is gone. We don't have it. Like it, unfortunately, was on uh, a hard drive that we can no longer get anymore. So, um, it's gone. So like, I wish we could go back and like remix it and master it because at the time, um. We were having a trouble with people wanting to master the record, and uh, and then Justin ended up having. I think he, Justin ended up doing it himself, and um, you know, it just didn't. It didn't sonically. It didn't turn out the way we wanted. Um, but still, even then, Neo Souls like one of our biggest songs off that record. Wolf Amongst Ravens. There's like really great songs on that record. I think it just gets overlooked because of the sound quality, which I understand. It's funny because someone just mentioned, I mean, this will probably never happen, but someone mentioned, uh, they're like, yeah, but you do re-record it. And I'm like, we could do that, but, you know, it's a lot of work. <laughs> you know? yeah, that's a lot to go through. That's so funny to hear you say, because most people like it when something's pretty. Most people, like, love and they die for the demos where it may sound like shit. But you're like, it sounds like shit, I love it, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I like that gritty. So that's funny that people give you that kind of feedback. Yeah. Rude, rude. Okay. Um, Dig Deep, the most beautiful album cover artwork ever, by the way. Awesome. Thank you. That was my little concept. That was my concept. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it, yeah, that's, it brings you in. It really does. It's very entrancing. I love it. Yeah, Daniel McBride, uh, he designed that. He he's uh he's done a bunch of albums for us. He's a good friend of ours. He's he's awesome, he's super talented. But um I had this like idea of this like lantern lantern buried under the ground with all these roots digging around it. And that's you know, obviously the album Dig Deep. At the time, um Justin had just passed away. So we had this is this one's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of long-winded, but um, after the burial in, in that, during that year was not doing well at all. Like we um, were getting very bad tour offers. Um, we were struggling to make ends meet. Um, we'd just gotten a tour offer that was like, to this day, I still have kind of like a little when I talk about it, I'll, you'll kind of see me get like kind of salty about it. 
and I'm not I'm not going to say anything because it'll it might hurt some feelings of some people, but are uh, not I'm not going to mention which tour it was, but the tour never happened. Um, but it was just really low money, and it was it just we just felt like we kind of felt like we were like a band that was on the back burner, and um, and uh, I was fly I flew up to New Jersey to Will Putney's studio, and. Uh, I got picked up by our drummer Dan Call, and we're talking in the in the van. Everything's fine. I had talked to all the guys a couple of days before as they were driving all the gear from Minnesota to New Jersey to record this new album. And um, as we pull up to the studio, Trent, um, <clears throat> sorry, Trent, our guitar player, was sitting on the ground smoking a cigarette. I'm looking at Trent, like, what's Trent doing? And then Dan looks at me and he goes, Hey, I need to talk to you. I was like, in my head, I mean, I'm like, are these just about to kick me out of the band? Why'd they fly me up here to kick me out of the band? You know, that's like my immediate thought. Like, something's not right. And he goes, Something happened with Justin. He was here at the studio. We don't know what the hell's going on. He flew home. It's like I know things are really hard right now, and we were all in a we were in a bad bad place. Like it was kind of like we were just hanging on by a thread. And he's like, "Listen, man, if you want to go home, I totally get it. We totally get it. Um, but Justin's gone. We don't know if he's coming back. You know, we don't know what's what's going on. We're very in the dark." Um, but Trent and I are here, and if if you want to write a record, we're here. And I looked at Dan, and I looked at Trent, and I was like, do you guys want to write a record? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, then let's write a record. I'm here. Let's do this. But, you know, like, at least let's give it one last shot. And uh, me, Trent, me and Trent wrote Dig Deep in 30 days. And um, it was crazy because we didn't know, like, what was going to happen we had we were just like all right this is probably you know this might be the last one we do and um we finished the record somehow and there ended up being these really cool songs on the record and um uh i remember uh thinking like you know what what's going to happen here and then we get home from this we finished the record somehow and i get home and about a week later justin had killed himself and there was all this like obviously we're fucking crushed and so it was like okay well now what do we just uh do we just you know give it give it up or we thought about maybe you know just be like fuck it let's just let's just hang up our gloves we thought about disbanding after the burial and starting something new under a different name um and we kind of just sat for a while and kind of just like waited and like see mary records was kind of waiting on us everyone kind of was really uh really patient with us because we didn't know what we were going to do and we had another conversation a couple weeks later and we were just like what would justin want us to do would he want us to stop playing music 
is I know if I was something happened to me, I wouldn't want the guys to stop playing. Like I would want them to keep going. And um, and we said, let's give them one more chance. It ended up being our biggest fucking record ever. And Lost in the Static came out and just, I don't know, I wish I knew how to recreate that because I would do it on every song. But somehow like that song just spoke to everybody and still one of our biggest freaking songs ever. It's our biggest record. And I'm so thankful for, you know, all the support we've gotten on that record and all the people that come up and like, dude, Dig Deep saved me. Like, Dig Deep helped me so much. And that's what that song's, that whole album title is about that. Like, Dig Deep, don't give up. There's light down there. There's light. It might be buried, but you got to dig and find it. And then when you find it, grab that fucking lantern and hold it up for the rest of the people that need to see. Because sometimes you got to light the way, you know? wow well it never i guess like it never gets easier talking about it does it because i've i've heard you talk about it and it's like you know do you of course like you wouldn't want less music in the world you would want more music in the world Mm -hmm. and so like bittersweet just thinking about you know that being like the biggest record and just his memory must be like such a big presence you know in your career you know and like in the world when you go play it must be like such a presence all the time for you guys i would assume all the time it's like you can't not think about the guy you know especially being up there you know laurentian ghost is basically you know it's a minnesota song but it's, it's really just like it's all it has him like i feel like he every time we play that song he's playing with us you know like that melody in the beginning of laurentian ghost is like um it's a it's a little melody justin used to play all the time when uh when we would be like sound checking i remember i'd be so tired i'd walk in i don't sound check anymore i hate it but when i used to i'd walk in and he'd be just like line checking he'd be playing this really beautiful melody and then trent took the melody and sped it up and turned it into what it is now so justin you know he he'll always be there and he'll never we'll never replace him um we'll always be a four piece without him i love the survival and the success and like the push to keep going that you keep talking about that's like really hitting me like heavily right now. It's like yeah, it's, it's a very yeah. It's it's just real, you know. It's just kind of it's just what happened to us, and um, it's living proof. There you go, living proof. Don't give up. Keep going. You know, like you're you're giving up on the opportunity of things getting better, and things got better for us, and they and they are better still to this day. Yeah, absolutely. What's sad? Let's better sleep. You know, mm-hmm. very bittersweet that it is true. Yeah. yeah. There's, um, I kind of asked Maddie from Memphis Mayfire, like kind of along the same lines, like kind of what he thought about it. And his words were just kind of reminding me, he was like, um, he was like, and there is joy and there is beauty and there is pain. And there are a lot of questions that you may have, but like the answer is never to not be here anymore. And I just like right. love that you said that loud. Just reminded me of my head right now. 
that. Yeah, well spoken. Yeah, I love that. Hey, and on their album, we went to Turn Special. I know you love it. Evergreen. Let's talk about Evergreen. That. Yeah, so it's Evergreen, you know, like it was, you know, that was our album in 2019. That was our most recent release. And um, Evergreen, it's just, you know, we had, um, it was our it was our answer to dig deep but to me it was like this kind of continuation of dig deep like what happens like the whole concept behind the album evergreen is like um you know like i know that a lot of the trees like that like evergreen trees like redwoods coins and stuff they communicate with each other so when you see like one tree and you see another one that's not two separate trees they're all connected and they, that's what the redwoods is and that's what you see like when you see all these massive dense forests it's like that's one singular like that's one thing and they communicate and they talk and that's where like the concept behind that naming the album evergreen was you know we travel over the world and we plant seeds everywhere and you know like when when you're not when you're not down in the dirt, you can become like one of these evergreen trees. It's like you, you know, it's, you know, what you picture the, the, the art behind dig deep with the lantern being buried under these roots. And then you have evergreen, these giant evergreen trees that are growing. Um, that's what it meant. It was like, um, they, you know, kind of somehow, some way, maybe like when we're out, and we're out playing music that we touch somebody like in their soul and they relay the message to somebody else and they relay the message to somebody else and they relay the message to somebody else um and that's what we were hoping to get with the name of that album and then we wrote the song behold the crown which was like the you know the song that everybody like teases you know but they love at the same time and uh the song just worked and it was a really big song and you know we had exit exist that we were released on there um as one of our singles i believe um and it just it was just a really good record we were in a um a good place when we wrote it um and the thing that the only like bummer about that record is we released the freaking record and then 2020 happened the next year like we didn't even get the tour on the record and then the pandy happened and then it was two years before we got to go back on the road so it was like it's like man now it had been like three years since the record had come out so here we are now and we were like it's been four years since they did anything and it's like we're, we also lost two of those years you know so but i love that record and um there's some really good lyrics in there and uh you know i wrote 1126 in there which is a song about my daughter and um there's there's lyrics to my mom in there there's like little like teasers here and there and and um it just was it turned out to be a good record what are some of your favorite lyrics off of that record oh man i would have to start i would have to literally pull them up and go through them because it's hard for me to like think like on the top of my I don't, head i don't have to remember off the top of my head so it's easy i've got like a few in my head that i always remember but you have more. We'll let you off the hook for that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely want to talk about some of the best tours that you've ever been on. Fun wise, show wise, crowd wise. 
um, what it did for the band. Um, so what are like some of the funnest tours you've ever been on? Oh man. There's freaking so many of them. It's all the ones with our like close friends. Like we love the guys in Born of Osiris. Those are our good buddies. So like we like anytime we're touring together, it's just like friendship and fun. Um, our friends in Australia make them suffer. Like we love those guys. Like they're so like Oh, they're so (laughs) Yeah, and they're so good and so cool and just like like genuinely just good people. Like, you know, like I like Jaya just sent me a voice message the other day and had me rolling, you know, like it's just they're just great people, but and I feel bad because I don't want to leave anybody out, but like my favorite tours are my the funnest tours for me are the tours with our friends, you know. So like Bailamaya, Born of Osiris, Make Them Suffer. Um, I mean, we're friends with all the bands that we end up touring with. Like Spirit Box, those are our good friends. Like we're like when they blew up, I was like, dude, I'm so happy for you guys. Like they like they're so cool and just genuinely good people. So like we knew it was happen- going to happen anyways. Like because we had just in the European tour with them and then. the the world got shut down but i remember being like dude you guys are like legitimately good like and they're like oh thank you i'm like no seriously like you guys are shit like a really freaking good band like just don't you know like just hey you know chill you're good and they're and all of a sudden they're just got like this. the biggest got this. Got this. Yeah. yeah i was like you guys got this yeah yeah and as a woman um during the pandy that was funny I mean, I start using that pandy pandemic. Um, there's just not too many artists, you know, that like you can just throw on and like boys are cool and all, but just being able to throw on headphones and not having to listen to a man's voice and just being able to like zone out and walk my dogs for like an hour, hour and a half, something like that, and just walk around and have like a woman's voice going off. Like it, her voice feels like my internal dialogue so much. Yep. And it has for a really long time. And I've I've adopted it. I've adopted their music into my psyche. Then it's yeah. like for lyrics for like my words, my thoughts. Yeah. And soothing and beautiful and heavy and hard. Yeah. But it's really fucking cool. It's just like men are great, love you. But it's wonderful to have a woman that's heavy as fuck, because I love his heavy as fuck. Like, that's what I, like, really, like, death metal and, like, heavy music and metal to me, it really sounds light to me because I like it so much. It sounds like mm-hmm. it's, like, easy listening to me. And it doesn't, like, yeah. make me anywhere, so I have to have the heavy. But just as a woman having that. Yeah, it's definitely cool. So, yeah, totally. We'll I get it. Trails, and that's going to be so exciting so fun. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally get that. You know, I have a daughter. She's 15. Um, and... I was just at, we like, I just came from her flag. She plays flag football for her high school. So, like, in where we live in Florida, the, the high schools have like legitimate flag football teams for the girls. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's referees and everything. It's not just like this little like after school sort of thing. Like, it's, it's like being, she's on the JV team. She's a freshman. And it's important for, for young girls to have a role model like Courtney and like, so like I think it's super important and I understand that so like I'm always like on the lookout for for my daughter's sake like hey look how badass this girl is you can be fucking badass too 
especially in an industry that's dominated by men, you know? And like, even with like athletes, like she's an athlete, my daughter. And, you know, so like, we're always like, look how badass this girl is. Like, she's like, look at what she's doing. Like, you can do that too. So it's, it's super important because there's, you know, the way the world is like, and you know, a lot of men rule that aspect, like a, a good majority. So when you have like the the women in there, she can ask. Like we watch the UFC all the time, and she, my daughter used to do jujitsu, like so she can she'll watch the fights. And I'm just like these women, like look at how badass they are. They're up there, they're getting it, and they they're fighting insanely good. It's just as entertaining, if not better. You know, like so, like it's I think it's super important. You know. Yeah, and actually, Flyleaf is coming back around. Are you excited about Flyleaf? Does your daughter know about Flyleaf at all? No, she doesn't. What is it? I don't even know about it. What is it? What? You don't know the, the band Flyleaf with Lindsey Stern? Oh, uh, uh, no. Oh, well, I'll send you. Okay. Oh, great. You're going to send me that, too. I didn't even know there were people in the world who didn't know about it. I love it. Yeah. So funny. I'm okay. always on the lookout for new music, so I'll send it my way. So it was old, old, old music, went away for a while, and now she's back. So um, a beautiful predecessor for Spirit Box, I would say. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So do your daughter and your wife have a favorite after the burial song? My, um, my wife actually loves her new song, Nothing Gold. She's just like... I mean, she loves Lost in the Static because she's like, it just gets stuck in my head. Like, she'll like be like, did ding, 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 ding. Like, she'll do the parts and stuff and like, like, to me, like, joking around. My wife's a really talented musician um, for whole, all her whole side of her family. Like, great musicians. Like, my wife plays, the, like, we'll play the guitar together all the time. She teaches me songs and shit. She's super talented. She could sing. All her sisters can sing, play the guitar. Her dad's a badass bluegrass musician. Her mom's a badass bluegrass musician. They're just, they're super talented. But she, um, she loves Nothing Gold like so much. And she, when she heard it, she's like, Anthony, I love like this song. Like you guys, like, she's like, I don't care what people say. Like you guys did it on this song. It's so catchy. And she's just like, I love it. Like the, it makes me feel. That's what she said. She's like, it really makes me feel. And I appreciate that coming from her because you know, they, um, I respect her so much. And, um, she's like my little, uh, I, I admire my wife very much. Like she's like this strong, like badass powerhouse business owner, entrepreneur, beautiful woman. So it's like, when she tells me something's cool, I'm like, thank you. I appreciate. And it means a lot, you know? Absolutely. Well, that's wonderful. That was the sweetest thing I've heard all day. I love that. <laughs> oh, so sold out. Ghost, Cradle of Filth, Typo Negative, just a few awesome fully licensed band collabs that are always coming out on rockabilia.com. The biggest online merch store, period. I love their collection of tie-dye, oversized tees, and pro tip, because you're going to need this, use the search bar for quick band merch lookup because they literally have every band. And for a discount, use code SCANDALOUS for 15% off. Again, it's SCANDALOUS for 15% off at rockabilia.com, S-C-A-N-D-A-L-O-U-S. How did you and your wife end up meeting? 
Um, we actually, this is, it's, it's a cool story kind of, um, so my, my, one of my very close friends, he's one of my best friends. His name is Josh Correll. Josh Correll used to work for Motionless and White. He was the tour manager forever. Um, we toured with Motionless and White, um, years ago, years and years, years ago. And Josh and I became friends on the tour because he likes to fish and I'm a fishing nut. I love going fishing. Um, I live in Florida, so like I go way offshore and go out in the ocean and stuff. But he was like, we we had met and we became friends, and then Warp Tour happened. I think it was like 2011 Warp Tour, and we shared a bus with bus with Motionless and White, and uh, I had just broken up with a girl at the time. Um, we decided to go our separate ways, and my brother-in-law Josh. Or shit, I guess I'm spoiling the story, but my friend Josh um was like hey i want you to i think you might like my girlfriend's sister i'm like dude i just got out of a relationship like two weeks ago but he's like ah she's really cool i think you might like her he's like she's coming out of warp tour i'm like okay cool yeah sure whatever wasn't thinking much of it warp tour the days come out she she comes out but he's like oh man she's like she's dating somebody she's got a guy with her I'm like oh whatever you know whatever it doesn't matter don't even think anything of this two years go by i'm in pensacola florida we were on tour with trivium and devil driver and um josh and i are still friends and he goes he 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 texts me he's like yo why did you tell me you're in pensacola i'm like you're on tour that's where he lives he lives in pensacola i'm like you're on tour man why would i i know you're on tour he's like yeah i'm trying to hook you up with ashley who the fuck is ashley and he's like melissa's sister melissa's his girlfriend and i go Oh, he's like, send me, uh, send me your Instagram. I'm like, okay. And I, he's like, she, she wants to see what you look like. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. She looks at my Instagram. He's like, she thinks you're cute. And I'm like, he's like, here's her Instagram. I'm like, oh, she's pretty. Um, then he's like, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night. The show's over. I'm like sitting in the green room, like resting. And he goes, uh, here's a number. She said, text her. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, dude, it's 11 at night. You Are you sure? And he's like, dude, text her. And, uh, and I'm like, all right, I'll 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 text her. I'm not this kind of guy. So like, I send her a text message. I'm like, hi, Ashley. And she's like, hi. And we start talking. And she's like, at the time, you know, like single mom. Uh, wait, she's the type that wakes up six in the morning working, you know. So she goes, you know what? I can go meet this guy. Or I can go to sleep and I know exactly what tomorrow is going to be like. Or I can go take a chance and go out and just meet this guy for a drink. So she came out, met up with me. And I don't drink, but I went and had a a drink with her. I had a soda water. And um, we talked all night. We ended up making out. And I had to go to Australia for a month right after that. Went to Australia. I invited her to come see me in California. And uh, she, she made the made the leap and she came up to California and then she became my girlfriend on that trip. And then about two months later, I moved to Florida to be with her and we are about to on, uh, April 21st on this tour, it'll be our five year wedding anniversary. And Josh, Josh is now my brother-in-law, which is freaking crazy because he hasn't made a kid. No, please with himself for the rest of his life. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, we always joke about why Josh got us together because 
on the surface, Josh comes across as like this kind of like abrasive guy, you know, like he's very like, you know, like his like when he was the tour manager, he like no fucking pictures like to fans because fans would surround that band. But he's like with this big giant sweetheart underneath it all. So we always joke about how he was like he played matchmaker for us, and we will it'll be almost ten years uh, how Ashley and I've been together. So, uh, such a cute yeah. story. I love that. Yeah. It's better than any Hallmark movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, like, you know, work out for people. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So we've got these massive, massive, massive shows. Yeah, like. Does a completely sold out tour in advance feel scary or weird or fun or exciting? What are you feeling for it? I feel excited because there's no like, there's no worry. I'm like, you know, not that I worry, but there's no like, oh, I hope this tour is good. It's like, well, the show is sold out. So the tour is going to be good. You know, like people are going to be there. So now it just lets us just focus on music. And that's, what we're going to do. And I think people are going to get like, it's, it's a stacked tour. Like the three super talented bands. Um, I'm super excited. I love spirit box. I'm super excited to hang out with them. It's just going to be good vibes all around. Like we got our crew back together, like, you know, like our touring crew. Um, we have a, a really great sound, sound girl and she kills it. And, um, we just, I'm just ex- happy to be on the road again. Like, I, I feel very lucky and fortunate to be doing this still. This podcast is produced by me, edited by Taylor Anderson. If you want to support the show, share it with a friend or rate and review on iTunes. It helps so much with the growth of the show. It really does. You can follow me on Instagram at scandalsofficial. And if you're interested in being a podcast sponsor or have any feedback for the show, you can email me directly at press at scandalousofficial.com.